for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another early weekend edition of the live and amplified livecast. Uh, today, we have somebody very special, very in state. It's very rare that I get somebody that's actually in the state of Texas. Uh, we have Jeremy Parsons. How's it going today, Jeremy? It's going great, man. How are you? Doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Just enjoying the central Texas semi-humid semi-war you know, yeah. it's, you know. It's, it's, it's a pretty good time to be locked down for yeah, sure. yeah absolutely <laughs> all my dad keeps saying is oh you think it's bad now wait till july wait till august and i'm like it can't be any worse when i live than when i lived out in new mexico like new mexico july uh, august is terrible oh yeah that's like the, yeah that's pretty much just desert stuff right there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so he, he just keeps telling me wait till july and august the humidity will burn off and you will wish the humidity was there. And I was like, you got any good news for me, dad? Or are we yeah. just gonna- <laughs> pretty much. It's like, yeah, I thought you wanted me to like this place. Not, not, yeah. not, not like this place. He's like, I'm waiting for the encouraging part of this message. Where is yeah. it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. You're, currently in san antonio you're from born raised san antonio or you're born and raised and they still claim me yeah yeah i I, I was here for till i was 21 i moved to nashville for 10 years and then moved back uh, fairly recently okay awesome awesome um and so what was it that brought you back from nashville here or brought you back here from nashville I think it was it was the same thing that took me to Nashville. So the reason why I've always done everything is is the is the music. I I went to Nashville, and you know you have your in your head. I mean, given if you're realistic or you know however you, your your thinking process works. Like I was like, I'm gonna move there. I'm gonna try it out. As long as it's working, I'll stay, and I'll you know I'll keep working up there. But as soon as it doesn't work, the beauty of being from Texas and being a, a doing Texas country Americana style less music is like, you can always come home. There's always a place to play in Texas. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was the mindset on that. And I, I, I had a good 10 years in Nashville, but when I saw it uh, starting to be tough, I, uh, in, in a way that I couldn't manage, like the music was just going like, I'm, I'm very much like, I'm going to write what I'm feeling. And you can't you can't tell me to write you know what someone else is writing because like if I'm not feeling it I'm not gonna write it. So that's it. Nashville kind of uh, I got emotionally pushed out by uh, who I was as an artist and I felt who Nashville wanted me to be next. We gotcha. just couldn't see eye to eye anymore. So Texas has always been so accepting of like, hey man, you do you. So. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Uh, do you think like Nashville was trying to turn you more into like the traditional country artist? Is that kind of what it was or? 
No, because I actually, I was very traditional when I started. Like, I grew up on Hank Williams Sr. and stuff and, like, used to wear the Manuels and stuff. And, like, my, my evolution has kind of been in a more singer-songwriter, like, you know, discussing, you know, real daily topics instead of this just, like, this delightful air of, like, hey, we're still playing old-timey songs and thinking yeah. like this, you know? it's uh, Which I love that stuff because it's, it's real. Like, the, the traditional country stuff spoke about, more of what I like about Americana, like what it speaks about. Uh, and it's uh, like the substance of the music, so to say. But yeah, I felt like it was more like, hey, you know, let's, let's, you know, pretty boy you up and, and make oh. it cleaner than it is. And I was like, man, I like the raw stuff. I, I want to hear like someone's voice crack on the track. Like, I want to hear all that stuff. And they just wanted it all polished. And I'm, I'm not someone who fits in a box. Like I just, I'm claustrophobic. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and that that's the one thing I really like about like going out and seeing live shows is you're going to hear those imperfections. And as, as long as it's something that's not like, Oh, what the hell was that? I'm usually, you know, I, I enjoy hearing like the little cracks in the voice, but if it sounds like your voice drops like an entire octave or something, because yeah, you're just not yeah, taking yeah. care of yourself, you know, that that might be a problem, but or if you miss yeah. an entire chorus or you know, so like if it's something like major, it's like, you know, there's a difference between being out on stage being vulnerable and being like imperfect versus not being rehearsed and not being professional, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just some people like not not to be rude but just to be realistic is that or just be real in general like it's it's there's some people that just aren't good and and they got into this career because they saw they saw the show nashville or like saw you know uh the star is born and they're like oh my god i want to be famous too and it's just like i was like man if you if you become a musician with like the the mindset that you're gonna get rich overnight i was like you're insane man i'm not saying that i'm not insane but we're just a different kind of insane (laughs) actually it's funny you brought this up because my buddy who's a drummer for like a rock band out in new mexico he's he's very he speaks his mind you know actually i'm kind of surprised he doesn't move to texas because it's just kind of like the way he presents himself it's like dude you'd fit in perfect here yeah he's got that attitude yeah yeah and so he posted this thing about um like 10 things that mean different things to musicians and so Uh, one, one of them was like being on time and it was like being on time means something completely different than yeah so it was just kind of it was interesting, like the way musicians operate, because I'm not a musician. I don't sit here and pretend to be a musician. Like, I'm just a guy that knows good music when I hear it. So, like. Well, I mean, it takes it takes both sides of that equation. Like, if we didn't have guys like you, no one would ever find out about our music. You know, it's like that. there's there's like the people who create, the people who spread it and the people who inspire it. Like, it's yeah. all. But yeah, that's funny. It's like the the joke was it was like, oh man, we got to get there. The show starts at eight. And you're like, no, it's it's not going to start till like eight thirty or nine. Yeah. But like they say, it starts at eight, and I was like, I know what the poster said. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was that, and then it was also like a timing reference to uh, like being on time in your songs, like like, uh, like actual like yeah BPMs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's I think that's where it was going, but. Everything. 
Yeah. You know, but no, that's that's funny. Like that that's interesting though about Nashville because it's like they're definitely set up to be like just turning stuff out. Like because you know I've heard so many stories from musicians that go. They record in Nashville. They start in the morning. By the end of the day, they have a completely mixed mastered song, you know. And Nashville is kind of becoming this weird corporation. It's a city, but it's like becoming this weird corporation setup where it's like musicians come in and they just turn them out. And they're running kind of the quantity, not quality type thing. Absolutely. Which is really weird, you know. And that's that. That's where it's tough. Like when you like when like when I release a single, you want to get it into like like say good playlist or something like that. And I have to sit there and I go and I try to find playlists that I could submit to because I'm indie. So like I have to send all those emails and stuff myself. So it's like I'm sitting there going through playlists and I'm just like, it's like they used all. It's like they literally just brought in a different singer and used like the the same band almost playing the same chords. Mm-hmm. You're just like going through the playlist and it's like the same starting loop over and over again in every song. And I'm just like, by the end of it, my 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 head just hurts. But that's part of it. It's like it's all like it feels so copy and paste. Yeah. And there is originality in Nashville. Like I found who I was as an artist in Nashville. It's a good town. You have so many people around you trying to do what you're trying to do that it's kind of like you find this group and you build this camaraderie and you also like you're, you're constantly trying to better yourself. Yeah. Not, a, I mean, some people might be competitive, but for me, it was like, I just had such a talented group around me that like, it was like you were, you were just sponging off it. Yeah. Like just absorbing it all. Yeah. And that's the other positive thing about Nashville is it's like it's definitely becoming very corporatized. But if you're there and you're in the trenches with the other musicians, like there's definitely a camaraderie there. They're like, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure like group A and group B don't get along. But if you can find like your pocket of musicians, like there's just that camaraderie there. And even even if like something major were to happen, all the different genres or however Nashville kind of divides itself, I'm sure everyone would be like, no, this is Nashville. Like the term Nashville strong comes yeah. to mind. Like there, there's definitely that community vibe, even though not everybody sees a hundred percent, hundred percent the same way. Yeah. And it's, and it's very, it's very friendly too. Like, that's the thing too. It's like, you, you, I mean, there's a lot of like cutthroat stuff. It's some entertainment business. Like, you know, it's there, like it always has been and always will be, but like, there's really like that. It's, there's a lot of really sweet creative people in that town and it's just, it's very nurturing place at the same time. Yeah. But as far as the industry goes, it's like, it's not, you know, it, it was kind of turning into LA for me. Like all yeah. my friends were going and signing deals and I was like, I just don't eat. I still don't like the thought. Like maybe yeah. it's just the Texan in me, but like, I can't, I can't, I can't submit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like even this day and age deals just aren't as important as they used to be. Like they, they're still trying to hold on to that. Oh, get yourself a record deal. Cause it's important. And yeah. Can yeah. they open up door? Like if you're really talented and you sign a deal, it can open up doors quicker, but you're giving up so much on the back end. Like you're Absolutely. just, 
you know, like there, there's definitely like certain parts of the music business where they'll do like those 360 deals. So like they sign you as a musician, but say five years from now, you want to start doing stand-up comedy or acting or whatever. Yeah. They're taking, that, they're taking the yeah. piece of that pie too, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, they literally, they, they're, they, they're paid to sit there and evaluate the potential of a human. And they're like, how long can I ride that horse till it dies? Yeah. You know, that's literally, it's literally, that's their job. And it's like, kind of like disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it just, I was just like, man, I can't do this. I'm like, when I, when I hear talent, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you know, you want to think that someone's going to hear that and go like, I want to take that, watch it grow and nurture it. But it's mm -hmm. actually like the complete opposite. They're like, I want to take all the beauty it has and throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's a, you know, and like even this day and age, if you have a half a brain about how to operate on social media or I, like even what you said, just kind of navigating through the Spotify playlist and knowing how to contact them or who to contact or whatever, yeah. you know, it's, you don't really need the record deals because you can go get a di your own distribution deal. Like if that's what you want or like through distro kid or CD, yeah. you know, whatever it is. There's so many options. There's yeah. so many options. Yeah. you. Yeah. It's almost like if a label were to come to you these days, you have to be like, was well, like, well, why should I sign you? Yeah. Like, it's like, cause if you have the, if a label's approaching you, you think about it, like you're probably making enough money as, as an independent artist that you don't actually need the label. Yeah. Like you're, you're probably going to make the next year you'll make like probably maybe like a quarter less than you did. Like Pat Green is a great example. Mm -hmm. And Jack Ingram, like two Texas guys that went to Nashville and made like considerably less than they were on the Texas circuit. And it's like, you know why at the end of it, they ended up giving it up and like, they lost so much in that process. Like their music changed and like some ways good, like some ways, like not at all. Yeah. But it's just, it's crazy. There's really no reason. That's why I've kind of been a big fan recently of watching a lot of these DIY punk bands that are just kind of out touring nonstop. Yeah. You know, we, we've followed a few that they'll just go do like a six month tour and just playing shows back to back to back. And they're doing like, I mean, I don't know their financials, but if they're able to continually do six month shows, they must be doing decent. All right. Making enough money yeah. to survive. But like what they do is they print out enough merch for like the first half of the show and they own their own t-shirting printers and like just they can make all their own merch right there. That's and amazing. so they bring that, sell all that, and then halfway through they'll find somebody that's like-minded that has their own t-shirting, t-shirt press and all that stuff and they'll restock and then they'll just kind of finish out the tour. And it's like, that's the way to do it like they're every year or after every other tour they have a brand new album that they're promoting like they you know it's so it's just kind of yeah. like really that's cool. you see that that's what it is like that that's what's missing is so many people are doing like the these like tv shows and stuff and i was like man we grew up with like oh yeah you're this is how like we grew up with all the old guys telling us like this is how you do it like start playing guitar, start going playing places, make it friends, start going to play more places with those friends. Like yeah. you keep playing, you keep like, 
everyone's so worried about being relevant, but it's like, you just gotta like keep doing, like if you love it, you're gonna keep doing it anyway. Yeah. So like, that's the tell. The ultimate tell is like, if you're not doing it, well, I mean, right now it's hard to do it. Obviously you have an excuse with all the pandemic stuff. Yeah. But, Cause <laughs> there's no, there's no place to safely play these days. But uh, like, it, you can't stop, you can't stop a person if they really love it. Like that's yeah. the thing too. So it's like, that stuff is fun. Like, Sometimes you lose a, a lot on show. Like I love doing those like over over month long tours because you're just you are so there's like that's ultimate freedom to me. Like yeah. it's one of those things you can't even define like how that feels to wake up in a different spot and then just hit the road. We had a uh, camper that we put in the bed of my buddy's truck, yeah. and we would just travel throughout Texas doing like these acoustic songwriter swaps. Yeah. And you just like you wake up in a cool like KOA camp park one day, like you go swimming and then you hit the road like head for Fort Worth or something. Yeah. Like it, I love that stuff. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, and it, it actually that kind of takes me back to when like right around the holidays, I was on this kick of um just like helping people as much as I can. Like I was talking to like high schoolers that were like wanting to do music in some capacity and I was talking to this one kid from New York I think he was from New York he was up in the east coast somewhere and he's like yeah man I'm about to graduate high school I live on my I'm 18 about to graduate high school I live on my own um but I want to play music professionally like what do I do and I'm like here's what you do why are you living on your own um well I just didn't want to stay at my parents. I have no real ties, you know, so I just kind of moved out. I'm like, okay, so can you leave your lease anytime soon? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Once your lease leave, from now until the end of your lease, save up every penny you can, whether that means picking up an extra weekend job or whatever, save up as much money as you can. And then once your lease is up, hit the road. And here's what you do, you because it's you by yourself. You have no kids. You have no fina real financial obligations other than maybe, at worst, a car note, insurance, and cell phone. Yeah. yeah. You know. So here's what you do: hit the road, start playing open mics, have a f destination. Like I'd probably have like a final destination, whether it's oh uh, I just want to go tour the country for the summer, and I'll come back and figure out or see where I'm at at that point. Okay, that's a very valid thing. Or if it's, I want to move out to LA, you know, whatever it is. So I told them, I was like, here's what you do. Every day you pick a spot or you pick a city that you want to drive to, you find an open mic or you go busk or you go whatever, just every night get out and play in a different city and work yeah. out towards your goal. So I think he said he wanted to go, he really wanted to go visit Seattle. So it was like from New York to Seattle. So you go, you busk, do open mics, whatever you got to do, go all the way out to Seattle. And then once you get there, stay, come back, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And just keep playing, like figure out a way to make money, figure out, you know, all that stuff will figure itself out, but just get out and play until you get to where you want to go or you run out of money and you got to come back. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's like, I mean, that's the thing too. It's like, that's perfect advice for someone that age too. Cause it's like, that's the, the stories I hear from like people that didn't do it at that age, like mm -hmm. the regret 
they're always like, man, I wish I would have done it, you know, because I, I moved up there when I was 21, which was like, I didn't want to go before that. And I didn't want to wait much longer after because it's like, if you go before you're 21, you can't really get anywhere and get in anywhere that you need to meet people and network. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I went right after I turned 21 and uh, it was just all like, and you know, really quick if it's going to work. Yeah. Like you, you, you can tell, like you can be in denial as much as you want, but there's like, it like the first three months in Nashville, I had a, I had a band, a bluegrass band that wanted to cut one of my songs. So it's oh, like, I went to a house party and they like, the guy walked up, he goes, Hey man, I want to cut that song. And I like laughed in his face. Cause I thought he was making fun of me. Yeah. Like I thought he was just messing with me. I was like, Oh, I get it. You can walk up and tell the young guy that you want to cut his song, and try to get his hopes up. I was like, I'm not falling for it. He called me and he goes, I'm serious. I want to cut that song. And it was, it was their record ended up being like Grammy nominated and stuff. And that was like one of their most requested live show songs. So it's like, you never know what's going to yeah. happen. What uh, what what band was it? It's called the uh, the Grascals. They're a blue, okay. bluegrass band called the Grascals. They cut one of my songs called Outcomes of Sun. Uh, it was cool. That's like the coolest thing ever. When like you you, you have a, I cut the song too on my record, my first record called Dog on Feeling. But it was like when you hear someone else sing your song, it's like I like it so much better yeah because they're doing it because you don't always like want to see or listen to yourself but when you hear someone else like singing something you created you're like whoa that's amazing yeah absolutely you know yeah but that it just it kind of it's one of those things where like for me i don't like going back and listening to these podcasts just because i don't like the sound of my own voice but like when somebody else comes on and hosts it's like okay i'll listen to it you know so yeah well, it's like it's like having like it's like getting it getting to take a break like from like being exhausted by like holding your own baby. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, cool, look at it in someone else's hands. I kind of appreciate it more now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, how long have you been back in uh, San Antonio? I started coming back uh, last March. Okay. Uh, we started doing like road trips and stuff, and I officially moved back. Uh, I, I came back in December and, and, and went and got the rest of my stuff in Nashville in mid-February. So the timing was like... Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty perfect for... Uh, oh, you're good. Uh, pretty perfect for uh, everything that occurred afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'd say mid-February. But, but in between that, between uh, now and, and March of last year, I'd been... It was one of those things. I started coming back, and, it, like, every time we crossed the Texas state line, I was, like, I just felt better yeah. for some reason, which was weird because I had committed so much time to Nashville. I just, like, I was, like, am I quitting? I was, like, no, I'm not quitting. I'm just I'm doing it in a different spot so I can survive. Yeah. Because uh, I had pretty much been reduced to, like, and, and nothing against I grew so much, but downtown nashville had swallowed me up like i was in the broadway cover gigs yeah like and, and it got to the point like when i started like four years ago playing downtown man we would make so much money and then they just started open up like the town blew up and they opened up like blake shelton had a bar dirk spentley had a bar jason aldean has a bar luke bryan yeah. kid rock and it you just you started making substantially less like yeah. we were making like probably like maybe one eighth of what we we were Damn. like yeah. 
like it, for for example, one weekend, like a, a really great weekend, we would make about fifteen hundred dollars, like in in tips. That's like all tips from the weekend. Yeah. And then there at the last is like you'd be lucky if you could walk away from downtown after a weekend with three hundred. Wow. Like, so you're just like, oh, wow, I, I'm literally making one fifth of what I used to. And I'm still playing. You're still playing the same amount of time, which is yeah. anywhere between a three hour or four hour set. Wow. So like, you're just shredding your voice for like, yeah. you, you know, you stuff you can't live on. So it's like that's that's when I really started to like the gear started turning to like, all right, I'm not going to quit doing music because it's the one thing I love more than anything in the world. So. Uh, what's my next move in in Texas was the 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 guiding light yeah and so you think that just the oversaturation of places for people to play was or people to go was the ultimate driving force behind why things kind of fell out yeah I think I think it's a bit of that and it's just like um you know I I I, I tried to you know blame it on myself too I'm I'm really good at that uh but it, it, you know it's you you lose that that passion for it after a while too when it's no longer fun for you it's hard to make it fun for them so like you can't draw people in like you used to it's like mm -hmm. they had they had kind of thrown a bit of like you know they, they had stomped down my fire a little bit but it, it was it was because of the, the, the like the fluctuation of bars and so many more people were moving there on a daily basis and it was you know the new country thing started to be more popular and that's just not who i am so it's like yeah. you'd have people kind of, like i have a specific like i can play anything if you request it yeah. but you're probably going to get my version of it especially yeah. if i'm not super familiar with the song yeah so yeah. it's like that was my thing and a lot of people just didn't want they didn't want the that that unique they wanted that that very like tuned like tight jeans backwards hat like i bought my shirt ripped type of yeah. guy and that's just like not who i was like i'm sorry i'm not gonna dress up like a douchebag just for you this is i i have to be comfortable you know yeah <laughs> they they were wanting the modern image of what country music is and yeah if if they come to texas it's like eh, that's not really what texas country is yeah, absolutely. But it was cool. Like I, I found even there at the last, I always found a place in Nashville that like accepted me for who I was as an artist. And like all the other uh, people who played there, um, like were were pretty similar. They were just so unique. And I was always proud to be like a, a part of places like that where you could tell they literally, they wanted the artist. Like mm -hmm. they were looking at the artist when they booked you. They, they, they really appreciated that and they would just let you do you uh but you know it's it's whatever you know the draw of the city was at that time and yeah just what, what they wanted so yeah absolutely you know and i've only been to nashville three times and i've driven through like broadway in that area but i've never actually like stopped because as i always say parking is insanely expensive down in downtown down in that area oh man yeah, that's that's worse. You were talking about not wanting to park in San Antonio. It's like I rather park downtown San Antonio than in Nashville any yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it, it's one. I just don't like parking in the city because I don't really like paying to park. But oh, it's and it's like you're talking like, I mean, depending on what's going on in that town, parking downtown could be anywhere from twenty to fifty bucks. Like, yeah. 
It's ridiculous. And you're talking an hour, not like for the day, an hour. Yeah, yeah not 12-hour, like $20 parking. Like, I could justify that. Yeah. Like, if I was actually going to be down there for 12 hours. But, like, no, not like 50 bucks for 30 minutes. Like, yeah. Heck no. It was just one of those where, like, because I remember we went down in January. And it was like, okay, cool. We'd scheduled kind of everything out. And on the, our last day, we had like a half day. So we had like the entire morning to kind of just go hang out. And I was like, you know what? Let's go down to Broadway. It's 9 a.m. or whatever it is. Let's go to Broadway. Let's see what's happening. And we get to one of the parking spots and it was like $20 an hour. And I'm like, do we really want to pay $20 just to go walk around Broadway? and just because i mean we could just kind of drive and see like yeah i, I mean the only real reason i went to broadway is because i wanted to go to the bb kings i wanted to go to the, the blues club and i was just like yeah i don't want to go that bad like i'm not paying 20 dollars just to park and then there's probably a cover and then you or a drink minimum or something there's something to get in yeah you know yeah it's it's crazy if you think like how much money that city probably receives on a daily basis like when when they're like because it's like you got all your surrounding hotels like they're probably paying for a hotel i've seen people come in and run up like a thousand dollar bar tabs and then they're tipping bands too and i'm like i would always like just watch people as i was up there playing because i'm i'm an alcoholic so in in my time in nashville i was extremely drunk and then at a certain point uh I was I was very sober and still playing bars. Mm -hmm. So it was weird like going from drunk to completely sober and realizing like how messed up it can really get in there. You're like, oh wow, I was a part of this. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I did that when I was a uh, when I just graduated college, I went to a college party and I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna start drinking at ten AM. You know, just how we used to do it. And so I stayed sober until like 4 or 5 p.m. And we had went to a couple places and I was like, yo, it's like noon and these people are like face down, fall out drunk. Yeah. How the hell are they still alive right now? And they're just throwing money. Like imagine college kids throwing $1 bills like they're hundreds, you know, like they're just making yeah. it rain. And it's like yo what, what's going on right now like this is insane that is, that, that is the difference between like college and like adulthood just the currency goes up a couple zeros but you're still doing the same thing yeah absolutely <laughs> and it's like i can only imagine them now with a little bit of money they're taking the how they used to treat the ones is how they're treating like 20s or 50s or you know it's yeah. just like all right. Yeah, you want you wonder if they learn from that if they sit there and think of like remember when i just used to throw away ones <laughs> yeah absolutely but um what originally got you into music what, i think it was of... i i needed a new hobby i was this guy i always played sports in school and and i i, I was seven i was in my junior year i remember it. i i was playing football one day and like my coach was yelling at us and i just like snapped i was like man i'm so tired of you like, I'm so tired of, like, having to put up with you, and I'm tired of having to run every time I talk back to you. It's like, he was just an insecure dude who who was 
semi-pro for a little bit and just couldn't make it and was projecting that on us very hard. And I was just like, man, I was like, I got too much self-respect as a high schooler to deal with this. Yeah. So I walked off and I, and I, I didn't really play uh, anymore. And I was like, I need a new hobby. And like when I was a kid, my parents wanted me to do something that wasn't just like outside. I think they were worried about me like running off forever because I was just always outside. Yeah. Um, so they, it was either piano or guitar. And I was like, well, I can stand up and play the guitar. I was like, that's cool. I don't have to sit down. That's my thing. Uh, so they bought me this guitar. I took like two lessons. It didn't work out. I think like I only learned the D chord, which is weird because you usually start with G or something. But yeah. it's probably like just a easier placement for my fingers as a kid. But I, I, I found it when I was looking for that new hobby. I was just like going through stuff in a middle bedroom and I found that guitar. And it was just like, it just clicked at that point. And every uh, waking hour I had from that moment that I wasn't at school, I was at home in my room sitting on my bed trying to learn guitar. And that that was like a three-month process. And then I was playing pretty well and then or for a beginner. And then next three months, I, I like started learning other people's songs. And then within like, by the end of the year, I had written at least a couple of my own songs. Right. Uh, and, and the next step was like, oh, what do I, what do, I do with my songs? You know, there's, you know, like you gave that kid advice. It's like, oh, I went to open mics and, you know, if they like it, they like it. I was like, you're going out there to literally dip your toe and be like, do people hate me? Should I continue to do this? And yeah. it was one of those things. It was like, you know, I played two songs like everyone else. They're like, hey, play two more songs. And I was like, oh, they must like it. Either that or they're leaving me up here to make fun of me. Like, <laughs> either, either way, they're wanting to hear more songs. So it just, it was, it was just like, it, it, it was, you know, I, I, I think that just stuff happens when it's supposed to happen. And that was, there was something about like that guitar needed to be sitting in there waiting for me to find it at the right time. You know, it's, it's always your choice as a person too. It's like, you know, if you commit to something, mentally like just completely commit to it like you're usually all in like mm. especially when it's something that's like I, I'd always love music but I never thought he was like oh I could do this for a living it's like what kind of psychopath sits there and thinks like oh yeah people are gonna want to listen to me yeah <laughs> like I was like I don't that's not how my brain works I'm no. always like dude thanks so much for listening that's you yeah. totally didn't have to <laughs> yeah and that you know that's just how I was always brought up. It's like humility or humbleness or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it, it goes a long way. Yeah. And uh, it's like, there's some people that just don't have it. Like not, not to keep bringing Nashville up in, in negative uh, <laughs> lights, but the, uh, it, it was, you saw a lot of that. You just see people and like, they'd say some stuff like, yeah, man, I'm glad you were here to catch my set. And then it's like, was he joking or like, was that like, was, was he just playing? Like, are we bonding or is he just like that? And they're like, he's just like that. I'm like, oh, okay, we should go. Yeah, that's <laughs> This isn't going to be good. I'm going to say something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when there's alcohol involved or, you know, e on either side, you say, yeah. That, oh that yeah. I'm extremely, I have a, like, I'm honest to a fault. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things, like, it's my, my sisters don't even ask me if they look good in clothes. If they if they think that there's a chance that they don't, 
Because, like, I, you're not asking me because you want me to lie to you. You're asking me because you've gotten to the breaking point of, like, I don't know if I can wear this out. And I'm, I can't not tell you. Yeah. Because if I don't like it, like, I got, I got no poker face. So I'm just going to be like, you look great. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, I can't yeah. lie. Like, it's yeah. a, a gift and a curse, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, for me, it's, it's kind of, I'll tell them what they want to hear, but I'll say it in such a way that they know that I'm lying. Yeah. So it's like, do I look good in this? Yeah, sure. <laughs> this is you know, for air. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's no, enough room in there to think about it. Be like, I don't think I look good. Yeah. <laughs> it, or I'll say something like, if that's the look you're going for, you know, I'll, like, I'll <laughs> try and t if that's the look you're going for, I don't know. It's like almost a compliment. It's yeah. like this. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those backhanded, it's like not a quite a backhanded compliment, but it's almost a compliment, but it's said in such a condescending way that it's just kind of like, <laughs> okay, maybe I should rethink how I'm looking. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's yeah. like, you know, if I, if I, like, that's, that's a fine outfit, but you know, if I were you right now, I would probably want to be invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Just like find the best, worst way to say something. For yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, so you got a new single that released in the end of May, right? May 29th. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. May 29th. Uh, tragedy uh what was what, what's kind of the story of the song and what was it about it that made you want to release it at this time so we uh we went we've been like making the record since uh since about last february me and my producer got together and talked about it because we the our the last record that came out was 2017 and uh the record before that came out 2010 so there was a lot of time in between records and i'm like man i just want to I want to, you know, put out more content more regularly, try to keep it to at least like a year and a half or something. Three years had just been too long. So we went in and, and I was going over songs and tragedy was, I, I had written, my first single off the last record was Burn This House Down. And tragedy was, and that was about my parents' divorce after like 48 years of marriage, which oh. was just like, it, out of nowhere. Like, yeah. so it was like me processing it and, Burn This House Down was written to like cope with that. And then Tragedy was kind of like, weirdly came to me as kind of like a prequel to Burn This House Down. Cause I always like concept stuff. Like I've never really executed any of it like myself, maybe at some point when, you know, like I have a band and we can create something like that together more regularly. Uh, but I, I always liked the thought of that. And Tragedy kind of started I think with with that in mind, like a, a prequel, like it was a tragedy that led to the inevitable end. Uh, but it, it kind of turned into like its own thing. Like it's it, it like when we when we brought it into the studio, it just came to life and stood on its own. Uh, so I'd, I'd kind of, but in my mind, it'd always be like a distant cousin of burn this house down. But it it, it literally is just I wanted to for for some reason I was I was. I was watching a lot of shows and the word tragedy, I kept hearing it in the shows. And it was always the word that got my attention. Like I, it was just tragedy. And I would just look up, I'm like, why do I keep hearing this word? And so I looked at like, I knew what tragedy meant obviously, but I looked it up and I was like, I was like, I just want to write everything that is 
tragic to me about like life about like we all deal with it like we're in the midst of a tragedy right now yeah. the timing was like weirdly appropriate as much as i hate that but uh i don't know that 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 word just like it's and it's a real subject like mm -hmm. it, it happens I, I like the embracing the reality of things whether it be light or dark and like that that song has really it has no happy ending it's just full of acceptance that tragedy is a thing that we all exist through and and have to like work on and work through and like work through together but it, it happens like the course is like is this the way it ends or is just this the way you know is this the way it is like is this it's a tragedy and sometimes it just is what it is yeah but yeah. but uh that we we went in the studio and, and did that song and my producer and i did, that one just jumped out at us the most and like before we did any of the other tracks and like over a year ago we were like this is probably going to be the first single because we, it keeps like it was just always the first choice in, in my mind and the, the whole record is it's like when i go in and make a record it always feels like my greatest hits at that time we just yeah. pick like my favorite songs one i'm enjoying playing the most at live shows uh because it's like this if you pick those songs like you're always going to enjoy playing them at the live yeah. shows oh these are my favorites yeah. yeah and it's just your record and people are like can get into it too but yeah tragedy always jumped out uh, at both of us and it, it's it's done like it's probably my my fastest growing single to date as far as like spotify spins and all mm -hmm. that other stuff you're supposed to pay attention to these days <laughs> <laughs> You know, it it's like not being overly familiar with uh, like Texas country. Like I've just kind of really started diving into it in the last six months because I didn't really know Texas country was a thing until I moved to Texas, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, they'll tell you about it once you move there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, actually it's quite funny because I ended up go or like within the first month I moved here. The reason I moved back out here was um, uh, I wanted to get closer to my friends in New Mexico, and they had uh, one of the venues that we used to go to all the time in New Mexico. They were bringing in Josh Ward, and nice. so it was yeah. just like, you know what? I got an interview with them. We did a podcast, and so I drove eight hours out to Roswell, New Mexico to go do a podcast with the guy that lives an hour and a half from me. And That's so yeah. we're sitting there chatting and, and I'm talking with uh, one of his band members and his like touring manager and whoever else he has with them. And he was like, Oh, thank you. We really appreciate Roswell showing us all this kind of love. And I was like, um, I'm not from Roswell. I drove from Waco, Texas. And he's like, you do realize that we're from somewhere just North of Houston. And I'm like, shit. Okay. My bad. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, we could have done this interview whenever you wanted. And I'm like, I didn't realize you guys were like that close. And then the same thing happened. I did an interview with uh, Corey Morrow. Same situation. I didn't realize he was down in Austin. I'm like, dang it. I got to stop going out to New Mexico to get all these Texas artists that I could just take an hour and a half drive and get, you know? Yeah, that's so funny. Well, it was two birds with one stone for you, too. You yeah. could also go catch up with you. And it's also, yeah, yeah, that's that's so funny. But yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys are bo both great and both killing it too. That's yeah, awesome. But I, so I get to say, I learned about Texas country music 
from taking a trip to Roswell, New Mexico, which was is very funny and makes absolutely no sense. Cause that is a good. That's a good Texas story though. Because honestly, like you know, being from South Texas is like that's always the joke. Is people like, oh, how how far is your gig? I was like, oh, it's like five or six hours. They're like, what? And I was like, dude, you get used to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like living in that was like living in New Mexico. It's like, oh, I'm going to the I, I gotta go to the doctors. Uh, I gotta take a full day off of work. Why? What are you are you going to get surgery or like what's going on? No, I gotta drive three and a half hours to get to the doctor's <laughs> office. And they're like, oh, well, why don't you go just here in town? It's like, yeah, if I want to go, just get like a regular checkup. But this is like a specialist, you know, just. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not like, yeah, you don't have the option of just like, you know, small cluster like towns and stuff. Yeah, yeah where hopefully they have a specialist for whatever you need, you know, it's like. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Yeah, but like, that's the one thing New Mexico taught me where it was just kind of like, get used to driving if you're going to live out here. Yeah, it's yeah. a good, it's a good lesson in patience. I think because if you if you live in like uh, uh, unless you live in like L.A. like you're you're the king of patience as far as traffic goes because okay. you know, you're yeah. gonna sit you're gonna go like my buddy sent me a a, a a screenshot of his phone and it was like a mile and a half and it was gonna take him like forty minutes and I was like what what's happening like what <laughs> they're like are there just rocks in the road what are y'all <laughs> doing. <laughs> That's L.A., though. That is very much L.A. But uh, the the reason I kind of went on that little weird side tangent was I didn't – I don't know – like, what's – as a Texas country music artist, is Spotify, like, the thing that everybody's looking at now? Or is, like, radio play still very important? Or, like, what is – what kind of metrics are Texas country artists looking at right now? Or at least you personally. Like for for me personally, I think it's it's the stuff that that I can get with like you know I'm I'm not there's no one like you know constantly throwing money at me to promote things or anything so I kind of have to work on my own budget and you usually have to pay for like radio play so like that's always limited I think it's great to like get it and chart and stuff like that but it's like as far as like your own little like motivational efforts and stuff I, I think I I focus purely on like Spotify numbers right now. Cause that's, that's what a lot of people are paying attention to. It, is, it seems to be the place where a lot of people go like yeah. for my music. Cause that's where a majority of my spins are, are located. I think cause it's just so convenient. For people. Yeah. Convenient. Like most people already have it and they can throw it in on their own playlist, which like, you know, opens the door up to like their friends who follow their playlist, they can find your music. So it's just a cool, like it's a worldwide reach, like within a mobile app. Yeah. And, and your stuff is on there. So I, I think it just depends, like Josh Ward, Corey and those cats, like yeah. they get natural radio airplay because yeah. they've been in the in that circuit for so long already. Yeah. And they're just like destined to chart. But like, it's not something I'm against, but it, it unfortunately like, you have to keep like kind of throwing money at it. Yeah. And when, like, I was talking to this guy the other day, he's current, he, he was, he's currently in Nashville. And I asked him a similar question, like, what is, like, what kind of metrics do you base, like, not base success off of, because that's not really a fair comparison, but what kind of metrics is he looking at? And he was like, honestly, he was so anti Spotify, 
because he gets or a lot of independent musicians get such a small piece of the pie from yeah. Spotify that he's like, I'd rather have you guys buy it off of iTunes because I get more in return yeah. from iTunes, you know? Yeah. We're just doing well, like- and, and that's like nothing against that person, but like, that's like, we, I, I personally never had the luxury of like making a lot of money like that. That's, that's such a, uh, a physical nineties, nineties mindset in the sense like, you know, that was like when you, when you had a hit number one song in the nineties, you could buy like a couple houses. Yeah. You know, now if you have a hit number one song, it's like, you can, you know, maybe pay a house payment or something. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like you're right. You, yeah, but it's like it's gone down so drastically. But like, I never had the luxury of getting to know that. Yeah. So for me to like complain about you know any money that I'm getting from Spotify would be yeah. just stupid. I'm like, oh, how dare you give me like a little bit of money for like yeah. you know just sitting here and promoting something from my computer. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> so it's like I, I think everything helps, and it's like it's about the music. Like you're trying to get it out there, and like. Granted, we have to make money. Yes, I understand. It's filthy and I hate it. But like, I I think if 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 someone in Brazil is listening to tragedy, like mm -hmm. I couldn't have gotten there by myself. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have known how to get that song to you in Brazil. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I can't. It, it's just. It depends. Like, if you're an independent artist, chances are you're not making a buttload of money anyway. So mm -hmm. like, why would you complain about any like little penny that you received from any outlet that was yeah. like receiving the music? Yeah. And I, I don't want to paint him in a bad brush, but like, I think, I think it was more of if he had to choose where people listen to him, it was iTunes over Spotify, which. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and, it, and it's different. Like, yeah, I don't, I'm not attacking him personally. It's like that always just hits on a nerve. Cause there are people that like complain about that. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not like Metallica. Like you didn't have to live through that era of like realizing that your stuff wasn't selling the way that it used to, or like your money wasn't going to the rightful owner anymore. Yeah. Like it's like we we didn't usually have that we didn't have that luxury unless you were like big in the nineties and saw the transfer or something. Yeah. But like it drastically changed in the two thousands. Yeah, it really did. And like I mean, it's still it's still drastically changing. Like the technology is moving so fast right now that Spotify may be popular right now, but what's to say? title or deezer or one of these other companies don't come out with an even greater idea yeah you know and yeah. and I, I mean who knows there's probably going to be some ai like spotify it's just going to pick songs naturally by itself or whatever like the, the way to, like ai and everything is going yeah someone that someone was writing an algorithm for an ai processor that was like a producer like you literally just once he finished building the code, like you just put in like the key, the beats per minute, like the instruments that you wanted. And oh, it built it built. Uh, he could build a track in like under three minutes, and it just sounded like beautifully scored. It's nuts. Like I'm always like so. I can't do that stuff. Yeah. Because it it just takes so much concentration, and I'm I'm lucky that I have what I have. So it's <laughs> yeah. But you know it's. My issue with that is at some point you're going to lose the human emotion and everything and it's all just oh, going to become 
reproduce the same thing that's going through the, the, we were talking about earlier where everything is kind of in the same key everything kind of sounds the same you know that's and that that which is really crazy because i've definitely heard like independent musicians where the intro for every song sounds exactly the same they do everything in the same chord and it's just like yo change it up yeah it's like that's that's one of my one of my big deals and it's like yeah i'm I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what i thought were like when you segued out of that ai thing it's like it is kind of emotionless sometimes yeah. like especially when like the person can't sing and like you you hear it like where they went into the studio and like made a flat note, like a full note. And mm -hmm. you're like, Oh wow. That's, it sounds like, I don't know if this person's real. Mm -hmm. There's like some tracks where I'm like, I don't know if they're real or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, it's one of those things where it's just kind of like you, the computer an AI program is limited by its programmer. So where like, let's say, you or I could sit down and write a song a million infinite different ways that AI can only write it as many times as the computer program put it in. So like, yeah. let's like, He's let's got walls. Yeah. yeah. And so at some point it's going to hit its max capacity and be, Oh, well, we're producing the same, you know, yeah. within that same san or sandbox. So, yeah. You know. And I think that's I think that's where the mindset of, of Nashville went. Is they're like, oh, this blew up. Like we should just make this same song over and over again, so we can get a hit too. And like, yeah. gr grab this artist that looks kind of similar. Like it was like Taylor Swift happened, and there was Daniel Bradbury. They got all these like teen kids in. It's like it's just always like you know Sam Hunt happened, and then you know they ripped the sleeves off the Florida Georgia Line guys and mm -hmm. you know gave them a microphone. It's like it's it's just crazy like it, you see the pattern and you're like like everybody else knows what's happening right yeah. it's like what why do they like why do we allow this to be a yeah. thing yeah. it's all robotic and and, and it was well, not not all like there's there's always going to be great music out there and people with like things to say and that are like not you know dancing or you know they, they have more to talk about than a rusty bumper and cowboy boots like yeah, yeah. and in the and a real actually i have or in the next couple of weeks i have a musician that kind of went through like the voice process like the voice tv series and so i'm really interested to have a very similar conversation like this because i feel like the voice and all that stuff is a very robotic thing where they're just trying to turn out the most overproduced best yeah. version of people and so i'm really interested to get into that conversation with her like oh man that, that that's gonna hopefully she gets into like the heavy stuff with you because those contracts are brutal yeah like it is like all of them like the voice when it first started was was supposedly the best contract yeah like in the music industry but like i had a buddy try out and he would always bring me contract because i'm yeah. i love stuff like that yeah i i, I love i want to know like the dirty details and it's yeah. always in a contract like that yeah well, they have one thing that'll say like, oh, this is what you get and it's a sweet deal. But then the next subsection will completely undo everything that they just said that was a sweet deal. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, you signed this. <laughs> like, well, it, it's one of those things where you said initially, originally when it first came out, 
that they they had the best deal and it was it has to be one of those things where it's like well they're unknown nobody knows if this is going to be a big hit so they had to give those sweet deals to entice people to come because like if you go look at the first few seasons who the hell was on like that first season i don't even know i don't even know who won the first season let alone you know, the first couple of seasons. And then you had like, I think it was like Cassidy Popper, though, the girl who was really yeah, good. And she was kind of like, yeah, yeah, like the breakout. And then they started hitting and it's just like, okay, now they could start putting in their real deals that they want to put in where they make more of the money. But it's just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's always that window and you're like, oh, I wonder what happened to him. And I was like, well, if they're smart, they're laying low until their contract runs out and then they yeah. can actually like make music and, you know, makes make a little bit of money doing what they love to do. Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of the reason why they do the contracts that they do, because if it's going to be that weird thing where it's like if they just go in for the money and then afterwards they try and lay low all the media attention and all that stuff that they got from the show a year if like they signed a year non-compete or a year like whatever whatever's in the contract you probably know better than i would but after that year if they didn't play anything all their star shine is gone because i've definitely seen a few things where i was talking to this girl down in tampa uh when i was living in florida i used to go do like a a music festival down in tampa and they brought in like some crazy artists. Like one year it was like the roots. The next year it was um, the infamous string dusters, you know, just like a whole oh, bunch. Of, yeah. yeah. That's eclectic. I love that. Yeah. Hey, like Gary Clark jr. And just like, and then a whole bunch of like nineties hip hop icons. It was just kind of like, okay, cool. So I went and did media for them. And in the meantime, I met this girl that was on like season 12 or 13 of the voice. And I was trying to find a time to set up a podcast with her. It never ultimately ended up happening. But she was like, yeah, I don't even really play music that much anymore just because I kind of lost interest, you know, after The Voice. And, you know, is yeah. she? we didn't go into too many details because I really wanted to get that on the podcast. But, you know, from the sounds of it, she tried to start playing again. And then it was just kind of like, yeah you know the yeah. boy. like they won't like they take your name it's like <laughs> they they are like if you if you did that and you wanted to stay relevant by uploading videos on youtube of you playing in your living room or something yeah. they would take it down off youtube because it's like oh sony said you can't do this because they haven't copyrighted it yet yeah like and it's it, it's nuts yeah yeah and it, it, i think it's one of those deals where it's just kind of like you're better off like so say you sign a two-year deal or whatever the standard deal is just write out the contract do what they want to do and then when they come back if they offer you an extension or they want to resign you or whatever you don't have to resign just yeah absolutely walk away chances are they're not going to be upset if you don't resign yeah because they like they, they don't they don't have future vision they have right now vision they're like who are you right now? We're not interested. They know like labels can no longer see the potential in a person. They want what they can take right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like back in the day, they're like, Oh, I believe in this person. Like I'm going to invest and it's going to come back on me in a big way. 
yeah. and they had successes with that. Like Garth Brooks is a great example. Yeah. Like Capital rolled the dice on him, and like, good job, Capital. <laughs> like you, yeah. you got every dime back times like a bajillion. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, and right now, I think the industry is just very short-term minded. They don't really. Like they'll yeah. lock you into these long-term contracts just in case you're one of them kids that has that drive to never fail. And even if this the company stops paying attention to you, you're not going to quit. You know, you're going to just yeah. keep doing your thing. But, yeah. you know, it's still the industry is still very short-term minded. Yeah, and I, I was I was lucky that I never I never got looped into anything like that because it's like you can't imagine like if like I can't imagine being able to say like that girl that you said that was on like season twelve or something like I I, I can't imagine getting to the point where I say I don't I don't love it anymore mm-hmm. like that breaks my heart to hear someone who probably like really enjoyed doing it up until that moment that like that show just ruined it for her. yeah like because it's the the tryout process is like to, what i heard back in the day like the first few seasons they like put you in this room you didn't really get a lot of sleep so when you like went out to try out you were like exhausted yeah. like you were running on fumes yeah, yeah. like so right. and you're not vocally your bet like your 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 voice requires rest too like mm-hmm. it's important like, yeah not, and you know, I last year I was um, I I was working for an ABC affiliate, and the city I was in um, was like when American Idol was doing their bus tour thing. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah our city was one of the cities that the bus stopped in, and so it was like this big thing. We were the ABC affiliate, and so we had like all this un unprecedented access to the uh, tryouts and all that stuff. And so we went there, we spent pretty much all day at the tryouts and it was just this continuous line of people just kind of walking through just to go play for 90 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, whatever it was in front of a couple of producers that aren't even like musically inclined or anything. They're just playing in front of a couple of producers and it's not even like an intimate setup. It's like, there's four four stalls and you're playing and you can hear that it's like a group of three of you in one stall next stall and so there's like 12 of you auditioning at one time and you can hear everybody auditioning plus the crowd in the back just like hooting and hollering and just like having the best time of their lives because it's like they're trying to warm up and then they start meeting friends and they start doing random jam circles and so it's just like pandemonium yeah it's overwhelming. yeah it's over very overwhelming and so i'm just sitting there kind of watching this all play out and like even for this audition it was just to get into the next phase so you're so like let's say for instance you were selected this was like producer number three that means nothing they say, okay, you're good. Okay, now you go to producer number two. They say you're good. And then you go to the, like the main producer and it's like, okay, now you can actually audition on TV for the actual judges. And it's just like, okay, this is really random. And then like for that entire day, only, there was like 
maybe 5,000 people there. Like there were people that would actually follow the tour bus and they'd take the notes from the producers and be like, oh, I'd rather hear you play like an up-tempo song. And so then from city A to city B, it's that there'd be rehearsing an up-tempo song and come in the next day and hit them in the next city. And it's just like. Dude, wow. We, uh, the vo- when the voice came to Nashville, we were all playing downtown. And I-, I remember the parking garage we would always go to, which was like one of the cheapest. It was like a half a mile walk to the venue, but it was just like, yeah, we're not, like you said, yeah. you, you don't want to pay like the downtown prices. So we would walk by the convention center and we would always have our guitars. Me and my buddy would carpool down there because we would like play, play, swap a four-hour set. Uh, yeah. And and then line was just like all the way down. And we walked by with our guitars. They're like, oh, are you auditioning? It's like, no, we do this for a living. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things. It was just like, oh, my God. But after our set, we would always go back. And we would just like stand there and watch the line. And people would come out crying. Like you would hear people come out crying and they would just be like, my life is over. This was it. And I was like, you're like 16. Like, yeah. like just keep singing. And then when you're able to go out on your own, move here and like get a gig or something like yeah. your life isn't even close to over. It's not even begun. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and that that's the crazy thing about that entire setup is there, there's three different types of people that go and audition for that show. There's the overconfident oh, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm the best and this is bullshit. You know, Yeah. you got that person. We all know that person like yeah. very well. And then you got the person like you or I or, you know, and pretty much I'd assume anybody we associate ourselves with that's just kind of like, okay, cool. I'm going to go yeah. back to, you know, I had I had an extra hour, so I thought I'd take a swing at it. So yeah, yeah, I literally did this because my sister wouldn't shut up. That was yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> and then then you have the person that's just kind of like very over dramatic, like you like you'd mentioned, sixteen year olds crying because this was their one shot, and it's like, no, that was your easy shot. Now get your like, guitar and wait. go to work. I was yeah. like, turn the TV off and listen to like a real podcast for a second. Like, this is not your life hasn't even begun. Yeah. Young, like, yeah. It's like, and that, and like you said, like the person who told them no, like they usually don't really know anything. Like yeah. they might as well not even have ears. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're they're comparing you to what they just heard on the radio coming in. Yes, absolutely. Like a finely tuned like yeah. artist. Yeah. They're probably yeah. they're probably sitting in the backstage listening to beats, listening to music on Beats by Dre that's filling in all those imperfections because I think that's how Beats by Dre kind of made their living was Oh they, yeah. Well, yeah, they, they fill in that bass, man. Yeah, they're yeah. They, you know, they make everything sound amazing. And it's just kind of like, yo, throw those away, get rid of them. Like, yeah, it was like, oh, this is this person's terrible. I'm gonna put my beats back on. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, so obviously with the global pandemic, you're not doing too many shows right now. Um, w- w- what's kind of the plan moving forward as you're getting ready to release a new single and then eventually the EP at the beginning of next year? Yeah, I think it's uh. It's it's all just like playing it by ear at this point. Like I'm gonna, I I was doing Facebook lives for a minute and stuff opened back up and you know, took it like kind of slowed down on that and wanted to like 
weigh out my options as far as live shows go. But like, I, I guess I'm gonna keep doing virtual stuff and you know keep promoting the singles as much as I can. But until like that stuff slows down, like that's that's I I miss playing live so much. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a people person. Like I want to be out amongst folks but like now just isn't like i have asthma like my i see my dad a lot he's 75 he has asthma diabetes and all Mm. stuff like like i want to make sure i'm smart about it but right now the plan is just to like keep pushing the singles uh you know keep being as creative as i possibly can with like the time that we have because it's like what else are you gonna do like Mm -hmm. i can't i could sit here and complain about it all day but it is what it is like if, if we want to get to the point again where you know, we can all go back out and do the shows and, you know, connect with people and promote ourselves and yeah. just have fun again. Like it's, I think it's going to be till like September at this point, you know, yeah. it all depends on, you know, if, if everyone, you know, remains aware and smart on, you know, what's going on. But I, I just, it, I'm trying to focus on what I have and I'm lucky enough to, to have these, uh, this, this record on deck. Mm-hmm. uh and these singles to put out so uh basically my my buddy's working on art uh for the for the projects because e- each single is going to be a uh individual painting mm-hmm. i was so looking at the one for tragedy and i was yeah yeah my uh it's my my best friend in nashville like we've known each other for about i met him about probably we've probably known each other about 10 years now but yeah, i met him like right after i moved there uh He's just, he's one of those, like, he can play guitar, like, he can write, he can sing, like, he, he paints, he, he does photography, music videos. So it's like, we just, like, you know, if he needs help writing a song, like, I'll help him write a song, or, like, he needs help producing a track, I'll help him produce a track. And if I need help with album art or, like, a music video, like, it's been such a, uh, we're, we're good friends, and we're, we, we, we go together very well professionally, but. He uh, he just finished the artwork on uh, the second single, which is going to be called "Good Old Days." Uh, so that that'll be coming out within the next month, which I'm really stoked about. That's like one of those songs for me. It was like when when I first heard it, like like when we got it mastered and mixed and everything. I was like, it, it's weird. The music uh, how it affects you chemically, like the like the frequency thing. Uh, whenever that song comes on. I just calm down. Yeah. Like, and it's not, it's not like my voice. It's like the, there's like a dobro, like right at the beginning of the song or just what, whatever happens, like just immediately just like levels me out. Yeah. That's awesome. I, and, I love that. Like I, I love songs that do that for me. And I've never had one of my own that, that set at that point for me. And it's like, you know, it's completely ruined as soon as I hear my own voice. But like, it's, but like the whole track just like warms me. And, I, and I, I'm really, I'm really stoked to release it because it's a, uh, it's just, a, th- this whole record is, is, I love it. Like we just, yeah. we, we made the same group that made the last record, made this record. And I've grown as a writer and a singer and they've all grown as musicians. And my, my producer grew as a producer. Like it's just, it's like, it was like we all graduated and this is you know yeah we're, we're, the, the, putting, we're putting this out and it, it's it's just it's so cool it's such a cool record and i'm super stoked about it and all the singles leading up to it are going to be fun and exciting so i'm just lucky i had that to focus on 
Yeah, absolutely. And so that's really cool that you kind of phrased it like that, that this record is kind of the result of you graduating and taking or stepping up to the next level as a musician. And I think, you know, it's, it's really going to be interesting to hear the entire record as a whole and then go back and compare it to your previous work to hear the differences. And Yeah. And that's like, it's always cool. Like this, I, He's like, I do that naturally in my mind because it's like they're my babies. And like, you know, it's like I'm constantly analyzing like what I could do different. But like, that's what you want inevitably out of life and like, or your craft. Like you want growth. Yeah. So like when you actually get to witness it and see that it's it's happened, like that's, you know, it's like you can finally pat yourself on the back. You know, yeah. like you don't want to be too proud, but you got to like congratulate yourself when you feel like you've like achieved something. So yeah. Absolutely. it's nice man yeah and it's it's that old saying if you're not growing you're dying because there's no third direction you know yeah absolutely there's literally it's it's always you know two sides of the coin 50 50 chances one option or the other yeah yep, <laughs> absolutely um and you'd kind of brought this up a little bit ago but um are you doing anything to kind of challenge yourself creatively during the pandemic since you've kind yeah, of got a little bit more free time I I love playing lead guitar, but like I never really have. I've done it for people publicly sometimes, but like I won't. I, I it's I've kind of been trying to get myself to be more comfortable with doing it because it's so expressive and I love it. But there's like so many good lead guitar players that I've come across in like my career that I just like. It's like I always think about them and I'm like, it's not good enough. So mm. I'm trying to like challenge myself to get more comfortable with being able to like because everyone's got like I, i'm self-taught so it's like it's got personality so i'm trying to work through like the mental blocks of like i don't play like them because i'm not really supposed to like yeah. i play like me i've always played like me so i'm trying to really get comfortable with like that character that comes out in my lead guitar playing even though like some people might not consider it like shredding I think it's still got personality and I'm trying to like really challenge myself to get more comfortable with that. Cause I, I enjoy doing it. Like whether someone's watching or not, like I get so like wrapped up in it that, you know, I lose track of time. Like I'm late for things. It's like, you know, cliche musician stuff, but yeah. uh, that that's my deal. I'm trying to get comfortable with like challenging myself creative and like also, you know, bringing that out, you know, when it's, when it's time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then you'd mentioned that you were started doing like the Facebook lives and like virtual shows during the pandemic. What was it about it that just didn't ultimately end up fulfilling you? Like, cause you'd kind of mentioned that you'd kind of stopped doing it. Right. Yeah. I, I think it was like, it goes back to just like what I had said about, you know, the oversaturation in Nashville. Yeah. I was like, it was the only option for a lot of people for a couple months and uh it, it just like I, I saw people doing it on a on a daily basis and I was like the same people that uh when this whole thing started they were like oh man my voice is going to be so well rested after this really long break and I'm like now I'm seeing you blow your voice out on Facebook live it just got like and I feel like everyone was like you know please tip and I've always been that guy like when I play shows the tip jar is there but I'm not going to mention it once like, if yeah. you want to tip me, you know what tips me. Like, yeah. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, if you want to tip me, you will, but I'm not going to sit there and, like, point at it the whole time. Like, I'm not I'm not a beggar. I enjoy what I do. Yeah. If you, if you want to tip me for that, you can. If you want to just listen, you can. So it just it, – it felt like, you know, I don't know. You don't want to feel like you're constantly out there, like, begging or, like, mm. trying to milk people for their money. I, I want to, I wanna, you know, give people a break from me. So, like, when they come back, it's, it's just like a normal show. Like, you're not always playing in the same city. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you want to, you want to like uh, go away and then come back because it's like. But it, I, I stayed away like too. I've, I've done it on separate pages, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, like cross posting Facebook lives and stuff. But I haven't done one on my page for a bit. And I think with the the governor just issued all that pretty much yeah. like fifty percent shutdown deal again. So it's like I think it might be another good time to to boot it back up but like yeah. i just don't want to do it too much because it seems kind of like you know it's supposed to be a treat like it's not supposed to be something i'm out here like we're destroying ourselves for like i yeah. don't I don't want people to ever feel like i'm like they're getting too much of me yeah and i mean you know it's just one of those things where it's like some some people like it's all about the mindset, honestly, and what you're ultimately trying to get. Because I've seen there's one guy that we pay attention to. He's done a hundred and four days straight of a one hour live stream. Like from whenever Whoa. the pandemic lockdown hit, he started doing like happy hour live streams. At yeah. so much to the point that he's like almost doubled his following in the hundred and some odd days and you know picking up the thing but it's on the other hand it's just kind of like not everybody can do that or wants to do that because like I mean doing doing Facebook lives is just kind of like it's a weird beast because if you're one of those musicians that really feeds off the energy of the people there exactly yeah Facebook live is not going to give that to you yeah. You know. Well, it's not even this. Like you, you and I are talking, and I can see you. Like a yeah. Facebook Live is is it's just me. Like it's yeah. one sided. Yeah. Like I, I say stupid stuff all the time, and it's like usually I'll sit there and I can hear a laugh from the crowd, but literally I'll do it on Facebook Live and I'll pause for a second. I'm like, now nah, I just look like a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I've seen a couple of different things go down. Like when the Facebook Lives first started jumping off you could really tell the people that weren't used to it because they'd go, they do their little intro or whatever. They do a song and then there'd be like this 30 second awkward pause because in their mind, they're waiting for people to respond and that response ain't there and they don't know what to do next. And so it takes like 30 seconds for them to process, Oh, I should start talking or I should start, playing or whatever and so like there's that awkward pause and then i've also seen it where some people will like if they're living with a few people they'll have those few people sitting off in the corner like hey whenever i yeah yeah, they'll start interacting with them and then it doesn't become so personable because then they start cracking like inside jokes to each other or you know whatever way as much as they think it's helping it's actually kind of hurting yeah yeah you're like oh they don't care about me anymore yeah yeah but yeah. then then i've also seen it where they it's like just applaud after the song so i have some kind of recognition or something it's like yeah. a cue yeah yeah um, yeah. So. yeah it is it is a, it is such a different beast and it's like with me it's like i'll literally just talk like i'm gonna 
I talk to myself anyway. Yeah. So it's like probably not something you should admit, but it is what it is. The uh, it's like so so with me, it's just like I got to the point. I was like, oh, I just treat it like the phone's not on. Yeah. but more appropriate of course but like <laughs> the uh, like it's like i'm just gonna have these conversations i was like i'll just start telling a story about the song and it'll like my tangents are always going to be there because i always joke that my relationship with some of my closest friends like the guy who does the album art is just a million unfinished stories yeah because we always get so distracted and we're like what are we talking about <laughs> it's like that's just i try to create that experience i was like yeah. you're just like when i do it it's just full-on like it, it i'm always going to be jeremy like and that's always what you're going to get whether you love it or hate it yeah i can't absolutely. apologize for it <laughs> absolutely absolutely but um first off i want to thank you so much for jumping on um is super early in the morning i'm really kind of surprised that anybody in texas would be oh, any musician in texas would be up this early to jump on a podcast but I really well, hey, we worked out. Per- it, it gives me a reason. Any reason I have to wake up before noon is yeah. always a good one. Because I mean, that's what normal people do. And I was, sometimes it's good to feel normal. Yeah. Sometimes. And now, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And so now it's just kind of like, okay, let's go enjoy the rest of the weekend. You know, one of those deals. Um, yeah. You can get your coffee, and I can get more coffee. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to go run to the store here. Like, I ain't been to the store in a while, and it's just kind of like, okay, I'm tired of eating ramen noodles. Like, let, let's yeah, go get some. Well, in your defense, the stores have been insane. So yeah. it's like, yeah. And as long as, I, as long as I get to the store before noon, there's one that's, like, outside of town that doesn't usually get bombarded until about noon. So if I can get there before noon, I'm usually pretty good. So. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Stop yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, I want to thank you for jumping on. Um, where can everybody find you on social media? New singles when they come out, new music, all that fun stuff. Yeah, dude, and thank you for having me. This was I had a blast. I enjoyed talking with you. But yeah, the uh, the best place to go uh, has links to everything. Uh, JeremyParsonsMusic.com. You'll find a link to my you know Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And most of everything is Jeremy Parsons music or Instagram is JM pick and fool without the G. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's uh, yeah, you can, if you go to Jeremy Parsons music, you can find a link to, to tragedy and, and everything that I'm doing. I, I, I try to update it at least uh, once a week or so. So Awesome. And then you said the next single will be out in the next month or so. Yeah, we so the art. I just got the uh, proof of the artwork last night, and I'm gonna I'm gonna set the release date, and I'll announce that uh, on on my website and all my pages. But it should be within the next month. That's my goal. Awesome, awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Um, thank you once again so much for jumping on. Thank you everybody for tuning in, and we will catch you guys later. <laughs>